We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. All right. Welcome in. Welcome in. Welcome in. It is Thursday morning, the 6th of July, 2023, and it's time for an episode of Broncos for Breakfast. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, for these morning shows, Scott Kennedy. Scott, how you doing? What's good? What's new? I'm doing good. July 6th, that means uh, I'm a month away from birthdays at my house. So, mm. oh, those kids are getting old. I got 14 and 12 coming up. You we were just talking about two and four uh, staying at your house. I'm like, I remember not, not too long ago. And then uh, 14 and fourteen and 12 coming up at my house. Wow. Well, they're uh, getting old, but that's always a good time to kind of see them change and you know, grow as uh, personalities and whatnot. So hopefully everything is good there. Hopefully they're staying out of trouble um, over summer break. I know that uh, football and whatnot's going on for your son. So staying busy and baseball at the same time. But uh, we got Wang Chung saying, babe, wake up. BF Bay is on and they don't care. You slept three hours. <laughs> that's, uh, I mean... That sounds like me, but more for hiking. You know, I'll bed at 10, time to wake up at midnight. We were just talking about that, about the kids, uh, with uh, with some kids staying at Nick's house. I'm like, they don't care what time you went to bed. They're getting up. The uh, The pets are a little easier. You can at least throw the cat off the bed or the dog. Lay down. The kids, mm-hmm. uh-uh, they don't care. Nope, you're up now. <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, it'll be fun. There's a really awesome uh, flight museum in Seattle with uh, attached to Boeing. Uh, that they're going to today. So hopefully that'll tire them out and they'll have a good time. But good to see you, Wang Chung. Hope you're doing well. Got Philip in the house. Morning, everyone. Good to see you, Philip. Kevin Gray saying, evening, Broncos country. Well, where are you, Kevin? Uh, big mile high salutes to Broncos country. I don't know if that was an autopilot there um, saying evening, but uh, maybe you're across the pond. I don't, and I didn't even know. Hope you're doing well. Jeremy Sean. Kevin, morning. last night you said see you in the morning. So good to see you, Kevin. Yeah. Good evening, man. I'm I'm ready for bed too. That sounds great. Jeremy Sean, morning boys. Personally, I like the moves not to be hot. I like my moves to be hot, not burning. I gotcha. Uh, Chad always likes to throw in a few, you know, key words like that. So uh, three burning moves. Breaks burning silence. is not something. Yeah, he, he spoke. Yeah. Reveals. Yep. You know that kind of stuff. good. It, it's it's good for it's good for revenue. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. And uh, burning's a little bit of a uh, trigger word for me right now with how hot it is in Seattle. We reached 90 yesterday and again, no AC with 90 is a pretty damn miserable, uh, but we're, uh, we're getting by. It's nice and cool here in the basement, luckily, uh, but good to see you, Jeremy. Hope you're doing well. Ty in the house. Good morning, Broncos family, Zach powers. Good morning, morning. And we got Troy coming in nine 99. Troy has been unbelievable with the super chats the last 
two months uh, consistently and also pretty typically nine ninety nine as well. So, I mean, obviously you drop a 50 cent super God bless you. That helps a lot. Um, but Troy coming in nine ninety nine again saying, Hey guys, if the Broncos are involved in trades, what is the most uh, likely timing before camp in camp during the season? Still want us to get something for a wide receiver. I think the most likely move that would happen would be right before the season starts. So you didn't have that one in there. Um, but I think you see like when they cut down the Broncos, maybe have a little bit of surplus. And we saw it two years ago when the Broncos traded away. Oh gosh, his name's escaping me now. Uh, the wide receiver that they traded to Detroit. Trinity Benson. Trinity Benson. Yep. They traded Trinity Benson for a pick right before the uh, season started. I think that's the most likely move. I think you're hoping that it's not during the season because I think if it's a during the season move, it's more likely you are selling uh, than buying. And that, that's where I was going. If we're talking about, you know, if if the past actions are any indication, the most likely, if I can only choose one, the most likely is probably trade deadline, right? Mm-hmm. That would probably be the most likely if there's only one. But there, there will probably be multiple moves, Troy. Um, and, you know, right before <clears throat> we're coming up on August, you know, before training camp, you think, okay, we get a look at this two weeks in. Start getting on the phone. Okay, this guy's not going to work out for us. This guy's not going to work out for us. Well, hey, let's make a deal. Um, and then, you know, there's cut the roster cut downs. But, you know, the other part of that, Nick, though, is you go from 90 to 53. You know, do you really want to make a move when there's going to be, what's what's that, 40 players per team? You know, 1,200 players about to hit the, that have to pass through the waiver wire. So if, if it's most likely, most likely for me is trade deadline, if it's just one. Yeah. I hope not because I think the trade deadline means that things <clears throat> went off the rails more so than the Broncos are trading to add to the team, especially with, again, their limited draft capital this season. Not crazy limited, but you you are less than average in terms right. of what you have because the Sean Payton deal and the trade up for uh, uh, Riley Moss. But yeah, definitely possible and still want something for a wide receiver. Scott and I had a fun time talking about Broncos setting a wide receiver for a Falcons uh, defensive lineman and both teams kind of maybe getting better there, but uh I know that you don't want to give up Graham and I don't think the Broncos would give up Judy. So that that's no, you know, talking no, about no. And, and a rookie I think, contract. I think the Broncos would make that deal in a heartbeat. Right Graham now. for like Taquan Patrick Graham or something for, or Graham for Sutton uh, for, for Sutton. Cortland Sutton. And most of y'all haven't heard of Taquan Graham. I would imagine. And that's okay. He's a, uh, he's a uh, going into his third year coming off an injury and uh, he's a, he's a really good player. Uh, interior yeah. line pro- prospect. Yeah. He's a, uh, he's player now interior yeah. line guy, 290 pounds, Breakout as a second year and got hurt about week 12, week 11, somewhere in there. Yeah. I mean, starting quality five, four, I five technique, which Broncos could probably use on this team, but uh, I digress. Troy, thank you so much uh, for the super chat. We appreciate you. We got Michael Ronquillo coming in here with the, the black background on Facebook there. That's interesting. I don't know if that indicates super chats or something, but that's new. We have, we have changed that. The, um, <clears throat> there's several people that use this room for different things. And sometimes the backgrounds get messed up by the way, Nick, that's mm. under brand. Luke figured that out before you did. Uh, so shame, shame. And, uh, and sometimes the colors, when we, we had the black and white up, we were like, Hey, we kind of like the black and white. It's, it's crisp. It's a, it's a little bit more, less mm-hmm. bubble gummy than the, than the Broncos orange. However, I do see that logo is up in the top, right. Superimposed that, that I'll, I'll get rid of that here in a moment. Okay. Well, Michael Ronquillo coming in saying, good morning, Nick and Scott and Broncos for breakfast. Go Broncos and Buckham with the salute there. The salute emoji. Thank you so much, Michael. Hope you're doing well. We appreciate you. We also got USD, Buenos Dias, Kevin Gray, morning. 
You'd rather get a center. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit about center here in a bit from uh, Chad's article, Three Burning Moves to the Broncos Need to Make. You can check it out on Mile High Huddle. We got Seth in here too. Good morning, Broncos country, MHH for life. And Gary Palmer. Gary, one of our big time consistent contributors to the chat and the super chat fund there. So appreciate you, Gary, saying morning, Nick and Scott and Broncos country. Appreciate you, Gary. Hope you're doing well. Hope you had a good fourth, nice and safe, and uh, things are going well. Dave Glassman yeah. in the house. Yeah, Ooh, not too ahead. long until we get to see you, Gary. Looking forward to it. So yeah. it's it, time goes fast. It, I don't know about for you, but it does for me. And uh, July, August, we're two two months from season starting. That means we're three months from meet and greet. Yep. Yeah, I still have not gotten my tickets, but I do have the plane tickets. So I, I will be there. Um, my parents are making it an excuse to go out to uh, Estes Park as well. So uh, that'll be a, a good time. Dave Glassman. Good to see you, Dave. Adam Monks, go Denver Broncos. Go Adam Monks. Appreciate you coming in. Hope you're doing well. Russell Wilson, number one fan says Broncos for life. Good to see you. Roy Osborne. Good morning, Nick and Scott. Hope you had a good fourth. It was pretty good. We're nice and relaxing. Nothing too, uh, too much to write about. Jason McKeever. Good morning, Broncos country from town that only Nick can probably pronounce. Pialop, Washington, uh, down, down there in uh, Southern southwestern-ish, not, not too far south, but pretty close to Rainier. One of the big glaciers on Rainier is named uh, Pialop as well. So uh, out there... Yeah, probably on Poi. Yeah. So I would have missed that. Poyallop. Yeah, P- Pialop. Uh, it's uh, got an amazing view of Rainier from there. I'm sure you got some incredible uh, sunset photos out there, Jason. Hello to a fellow Western Washingtonian. Kevin Gray, and hopefully you're not getting smoked out by that fire near uh, Shelton right now. Kevin Gray, morning, everybody. Good to see you. Uh, we also got... Carol Allen saying good morning, Broncos country. Been a while since I've been made a morning show. Well, we appreciate you coming in and saying hello. Hope you're doing well. Hope you had a good fourth. Boogmeister, good morning, big. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Dogs. Us? Okay. Well, appreciate that. Um, Big drink of coffee, and as I'm driving through the canyons, listening to you guys, well, you might lose us if you're driving through canyons. Two hands on the road, and uh, be safe, and it sounds beautiful, man. Some of the, some of those stretches in the southwest and the northwest, those drives are just unbelievable, but that's me coming from the Midwest, where it's, you know, some you have some pretty sunsets and stuff, and storms coming in when you're driving also are scary, but beautiful, but uh, Driving through the canyon sounds amazing. And yep. Scott, I'm sure. You know, I've done that drive. Cycle. I've done east-west a couple of times through New Mexico, and the sedimentary rock is awesome. And then I drove from L.A. up to Salt Lake City, mm-hmm. uh, Park City, you know, going yep. north up there and went up through the, uh, what is it, the Zion National? I can't remember what it was off the top of my head. but uh, Zion's it, south. It's like really it's south, south Utah. Yeah, coming up yeah. through there. The, the yeah. 
it was uh, 80 mile an hour speed limits and going through the national parks there was pretty amazing. If you if you ever if you get a chance, you got to drive this country. It's it's really the it's you can fly in and visit places, but you know driving it. If you've got the time and the resources, I was forced to a couple times moving, but we we've, we've done some some good drives too. It's uh it's just it's just a gorgeous country we live in. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, still need to check out some spots, but uh, enjoying the Pacific Northwest for now. Greg Smith, morning Broncos country, Denver Broncos for life. Good to see you, Greg. Mark Schrader's in the house saying good morning all. Good to see you, Mark. Hope you're doing down well down there in Texas. Hopefully it's not sweltering hot there. I know you guys have been in some danger zones with the heat here, so um, stay cool. Cristiano, good morning, fellas. Good to see you. Pearl Heater, good morning. Um, Leadhead said, y'all are making me want to travel so bad. Road trip. Road trips are the best, um, for sure, without a doubt. I uh, When I first moved out to Seattle, we drove from eastern Iowa, like right on the Mississippi, all the way to Seattle, and I had a six-month-old puppy. And I got to tell you, <laughs> He is a very good uh, road dog. So that's uh, no complaints. I'd have to like check the rear view mirror. Like, is he still back there? Did I forget him? Nope. He's just chilling there, sleeping, looking at me. So lucky about that. My shepherd is afraid of everything, including the car. And when when we moved, I was like, I hadn't made it out of the neighborhood yet. And he's thrown up already. Oh, God. <laughs> like, oh, God. Well, you know, we're about to go 3,000 miles of driving from L.A. to Georgia up to New York. Um but he was fine after that. I put him in his, I've got a big, just call it his house, you know, big crate. And, uh, he's, mm-hmm. I think he's in there right now, sleeping upside down. So once he was in there, once he got the initial panic out of the way, but yeah, done it, done it a couple of times. I've done the South side. So across like I 40 and I 10 and I 20, um, I 10, probably, I don't think 20 goes all the way out West. I 10 goes from Jacksonville to Santa Monica, California. I've mm-hmm. seen most of that one. Uh, yeah, just, it's, it's awesome. Traveling, it's like I, I go by these big Winnebago's, these you know, these big Grandmaster buses. I'm like, I want one of those. Yeah. That's what that's how I want to see the country in John Madden style. Yeah, the everybody out here, not everybody, but you see these like giant tricked out like Mercedes vans that are unbelievably huge with like you know like six mountain bikes on it and like a BMX bike and like this stand up paddle board on the top and it's like man, they are living life and it's like a couple and a dog and like man can i be your dog Let, adopt me as your dog that'd be great pugmeister <laughs> hey park city is exactly where i'm at right now scott knows what i'm talking about yep beautiful did that, spot did that drive uh it was it was awesome i had a i had an x5 with a diesel engine um hmm. so it was you know you cruise at 2000 rpm at 80 miles an hour i'm like this is this is that was a sweet try i think, I think it's zion national park uh, yeah someone, south yeah it's coming up from la there's like Coral Reef is in Utah. There's Canyonlands in Utah. There's Dinosaur National Park in Utah. And there's a Zion as well. So uh, that's, that's you're probably talking Zion. Zion's incredible. Yeah, there's but some uh, vacation references going on in the chat. Speaking of yeah. uh, speaking of road trips, don't want to don't want to go off the rails too far on those. But yeah, we could we could talk. We could make a whole show out of vacation references. <sighs> Good times, yeah, man. It's uh talking about the Chevy Chase, right? Family vacation. God, what a great show. Um, Keith Brugman coming in saying, good morning, Nick and Scott. Ranking the AFC quarterbacks, does Russell Wilson make your top five? In terms of career accolades, yes. In terms of entering the 2023 season, no. No, 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 no. Unfortunately not. I, I haven't gone through the list here, but the AFC is absolutely loaded at the quarterback position. It's honestly quite unfair. And I think Russell Wilson's probably closer to the 10th than he is the 5th. Uh, without having to go through, I mean, guys that I would take yeah, over. Well, let's just go through it. Um, you know, looking from this is ranked by yards in reverse order. Patrick Mahomes, nope. Justin Herbert, nope. Joe Burrow, nope. 
Josh Allen, nope. Um, Trevor Lawrence comes in next. I'll take Trevor Lawrence. Then uh, Tungabeloa comes in, and then There's Russell Wilson yeah. was after him, uh, ranked by yards. You and also got, Aaron Rodgers uh, now? Derek Carr. Uh, Davis Mills, anymore. Matt Ryan was in there. Mac Jones. So, you know, seventh or eighth might be okay. But like you said, close closer to 10 than five. Yep. And uh, Derek Carr is now New Orleans, so he's out. But right. you have Aaron Rodgers in the AFC. Right. So, and I take Rodgers, even though he had a down year last year. I would take Rodgers one season over uh, Russell Wilson, just based on historical precedent that we've seen from all of them. So, unfortunately, um, not in the yeah, top five, but like it would I be said, pretty Chase awesome. Chase Lamar Jackson. You know, that was ranked by throwing yards and he doesn't throw for you know 300 yards a game and he only played 12 games so i hadn't uh, yeah lamar jackson's in there too for sure so eight or nine yep which is uh not the middle of the pack in the afc but hey we'll see what sean payton can do this year we're judging it mostly off of last season right you judge the most recent but maybe he can have a rebound year this year we'll see uh <laughs> didn't know nick was a furry i don't know what's going oh they, i can be their dog I get it now. Um, it has to be my favorite car to date, the X5. Well, uh, God, man, if I take, pay for my vacations, then I'll be a furry for a bit. I don't know what that makes me, but uh, God bless them. Um, look it up. I Oh, I know. I've, I've been. Look, you know what a furry is. Oh, I, I know. Actually, um, it's like, it's cha- the definition's changing, though, because like these elementary middle school kids are like dressing up as animals, and that's how they're going to school. That's what becoming a furry means. You know what? As long as it's between consenting people, then adults, then God bless them. But uh, not for me. I've seen the weird, there's like weird stickers around Seattle sometimes too. It's like, huh? All right. Well, moving on. Michaela Israel. Good to see. It's July, folks. It's July. We get to stretch our legs a little bit. Sure. Michaela Israel. Good morning, guys. Good to see you, Michaela. Um, And uh, (laughs) Leadhead saying BFB is nuts in the best possible way. We just like to have a little fun. Um, Tim Durr saying Rogers and Wilson both had rough years. I know he won MVP two years prior, but still, yeah, he was Rogers struggled last season. And I'm curious to see how he handles adversity this season in the New York yeah, Jets because he will handle Rogers struggle was 3,700 yards, 26 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. That would have been much, you know, that would have been, that would <laughs> probably put you in the playoffs last year. His struggles were what you're hoping. If you, if I offered you those numbers for Russell Wilson right now, you'd probably take them. Yeah, probably. Yep. So, yeah, Rodgers definitely had a down year last year comparatively, uh, but I would say his offensive infrastructure was probably worse than what Denver had in terms of players, not probably coaching. Um, And uh, he'll be better this year. I'm curious to see, though, how Rodgers handles adversity because it seems like he's been teetering um, towards, you know, not being as dialed in, right? There's been all the rumors about, you know, he goes to the dark room for a week or whatever and all the crazy relationship stuff. And like, he's more interested in the Pat McAfee interviews. Now it's a new thing in New York. Is he going to be like doubled down on spite? Cause he is a spiteful individual. It seems like, and it'll be great this year, you know, like a lot of rage or will it be adversity? And he's like, Hey, you know what? Zen baby. I don't care. This isn't really, it doesn't really matter. Uh, I'll go talk about my DMT or whatever he's talking about on the Pat McAfee show. Uh, these days, um, but uh, it'll be interesting to follow uh, Rodgers this season. That New York Jets Broncos game should be a very fun one. Mikhail Israel saying good morning, guys. Good morning to you as well. And uh, there's some talk about Zion Park and the rattlesnakes. You know, I've never seen a rattlesnake in person. Have you ever heard one? I've never heard one. Yeah, I've never, I've never seen okay. one. If I had, if I had heard one, I would have looked for it. You know, yeah. um, make sure I didn't walk right into it. Yeah. 
but I've, I've never heard uh, I've never seen one. I, I think I've seen a copperhead recently. Everybody always says the, the water snakes around here they look just like moccasins and. and people, oh, I saw water moccasins. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. And and then they they kill them. Unfortunately, some of their natural protection of of being a scary looking snake means they're vulnerable to being killed. Thank you. But uh, I have never uh, I've never I don't, I don't particularly want to see a rattlesnake in person uh, in the wild. I've been on a hike before and I've heard one and I didn't mess around. I think it was under a log or in brush somewhere. It's like, you know what? You're letting me know that you're there. Yeah, thank and, you. Uh, Your space. I'll find a new space. God bless you. I'm going to go this way. <laughs> so yeah, always uh, got to respect nature. Don't be one of those dumb, you know, what's, you know, out there petting a bison or taking a selfie with a bear. You're just asking for it. I saw somebody once get uh, not speared, but bumped by a mountain goat. Cause they went up to like touch it. And it's like, wow. You probably deserve to be gored on that one. Uh, Richard Miles, good morning. Nick and Scott, good to see you. Dom's in the house out there in Albuquerque. Is that correct, Dom? For some reason, it's uh, it's still early. It says, good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos Country. Scott, buddy, do your experience Super Nintendo World at Universal Studios in Orlando. I went to the Universal Studios in Hollywood with my wife a couple weeks ago for a vacation, and it's Super Super Nintendo World is awesome. No, we didn't, we didn't go into that one. What's the one? There was a ride, though, that we didn't get into. I don't know if if it was the minions ride or something that was, but we, we were just at the, you know, the one with all the roller coasters and I'm telling you the VelociCoaster is the best coaster I've ever been on by far. Hmm. So universal is the real deal. You know, Disney's great for the young kids. And then once they get a little bit older, go to universal. Yeah. I, uh, was not really a roller coaster person growing up as much, but they're fun. Um, in high school, started getting into them more and always enjoyed the uh, six flags in Gurney, Illinois. They had good, good rides. I'm, a, six I'm kind of a speed junkie. Yeah. So, you know, I've jumped out of planes. I've had motorcycles that would pin your ears back. Uh, you know, the next thing for me will be, a you know, a, an electric car that with zero to 60 in three seconds. Yeah. Um, so roller coasters. I'm, uh, you know, I was I was skiing blacks three days into my skiing ever, because if it was groomed and steep, I was OK with that. I was 30 years old talking about Park City again. It was the first time I went skiing green, blue, double blue, black. So fourth day. Uh, out there, I went down a black because I'm like, I'm not afraid of wiping out and I'm not afraid of speed. I still don't like bumps too old for moguls, but yeah, yeah I'm, I'm a little bit of a speed junkie. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, I've only skied once and it was in Wisconsin and I was okay, but that was, a uh, one of my buddies took a pretty good wipeout and hurt himself and was like, Hmm, you know what? I really like my ability to walk. <laughs> so haven't been back uh, uh, to the do first that time yet. I ever went with Park City and you know anybody that says oh you're ruined now and it's like you're, it, the 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 skiing in the Rockies is world class mm-hmm. you know it's just there's 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 no beating it so it's like well you can't really go anywhere else after doing that everybody out here in Seattle is obsessed with Whistler getting out to Whistler's Whistler nice BC. yep I've yeah. been there, been there I haven't skied in a while so I'd have to get back in shape my legs wouldn't be good enough for like a three-day ski trip I'd have to I'd have to do more. I walk a ton, but that's, that's different, you know, that's, different kind of muscle. That's game day shape yeah. to be able to, to be able to ski. Uh, do I like six flags? Yeah. Yep. I do like six flags. Uh, the Batman ride was one of my favorites, six flags over Georgia. My, me and my best friend in, in middle school, we had uh, our parents ideas of, you know, daycare when you're a Gen Xer and 12 is season passes to the theme parks. See ya. <laughs> they just drop you off at eight o'clock. And we'll pick you up at eight o'clock. Here's some Good luck. <laughs> yep. Don't eat too much funnel cake. The robot of doom coming in on YouTube saying, well, 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 the multiverse is breaking I'm on YouTube rather than Twitch. Let the chaos begin. Chaos can definitely begin now. Good to see a robot of doom. Richie rich. Hope you're doing well. Morning to you both. Good to see you. It says, uh, 
Lawrence Rivera saying, come on, I always wanted a selfie with a bear. Morning, guys. Yeah, not too close. If uh, if you wanted to see a black bear, I could give you some trails out in Olympic where you'd almost be guaranteed to see black bears. Um, but uh, I would not recommend getting too close still. Better than grizzlies. Uh, but uh, just, you know, be smart about it. Um, so uh, I know Scott wants to see some black bears. I'm surprised I you haven't see seen any. I've got a 400 millimeter camera. I, that, that, I can get as close as we need to get. Yeah. Yeah, they are. They're pretty darn cool. I've seen them in every single national park uh, out here, which is pretty cool. The one I haven't seen yet that I do not want to see is a uh, mountain lion. That one is nope. uh, a no thanks. I don't want to see them either. They're yep. they're uh, unfortunately we've taken up too much of their natural habitat and all that kind of stuff. But they're they're scary animals. A, a nine pound cat is a handful. If yeah. if, <laughs> if if they decide they don't want to do anything, let alone a two hundred pound uh, mountain lion. Nope. I'm glad they're out there. They're gorgeous. Um, but what kind of mountain lion could we get for this team? Let's let's try and get back on topic here. Burning, burning desires. What is your burning desire here for moves that need to be made? So I will drop this article here in the chat for everybody to see. So Chad Jensen, boss man, as I like to call him, over on Mile High Huddle, he wrote an article here recently saying three burning moves the Denver Broncos need to make or should make uh, before the start of the season. And number one, one for him is something that Scott, I feel like you and I uh, talked about a good bit um, entering the off season, especially leading up to the draft, the center position. Now everybody knows the Broncos pretty much have made zero moves essentially at center. They did bring in Kyle Fuller, who's maybe had two cups of coffee in the NFL to date, but he's out here competing with Lloyd Cushenberry who greatly struggled uh, through his career to date. I mean, this is year four. It's the last year of his rookie contract. Um, but yeah, Lloyd Cushenberry right now penciled in to be the starter. We'll see if that continues, but here's what Chad says. He says, I'm willing to trust Peyton's read on Lloyd Cushenberry and wait to see how it pans out over training camp. But if I'm Peyton, my finger is hovering over the panic button because if the best predictor of future behavior is the past, then disappointment is likely from Denver's future relative to Cushenberry. Broncos was drafted a center Alex Forsyth, seventh round. Um, and before that, just signed veteran Kyle Fuller, the latter of whom has some experience snapping to Russell Wilson. I'm not sure either guy is ready for the starting job if Cushenberry fails to launch. And Chad's number one guy that he said he'd bring in would be Ben Jones, who was a very talented, uh, well, very good center mm -hmm. from uh, Tennessee, from Georgia as well, um, but has had some health issues, uh, in specifically concussions. So worth monitoring there. And, and knowing Ben Jones, what he came up through, that doesn't surprise me because he is a type of overachiever. You know, I've, I've, I've told you all this before. There's a lot of repeat customers in here. You know, I, I saw him when he was coming through high school. He came to one of the first camps I was running. And he's this knock-kneed, doe-faced, round white kid, 6'2", and kind of sloppy looking, walks in, and you're like, eh, all right. And then he just goes and whips everybody's ass that you put in front of him. He shows up at the combine. All the NFL writers that I know, they're like, that's it? No way. I'm like, just just put the pads on the kid and watch. So he's always been one of those overachievers, having, having to work a little bit harder, do a little bit more, and that can have some long-term detrimental effects on your health, Nick. And mm -hmm. um, if he wants to play... And if he's cleared to play and it's safe for him to play, he'd be an absolutely outstanding pickup for the Denver Broncos. But, you know, he's got time. He's a plug and play guy, you know, teach him the system. Okay. He's a, he's a football savant. Just let him go. And if, if he, if he's, if he makes himself available, he would be a great add to this team. Yeah. Just the con concussions that he's had are concerning. Also, I'm curious if he's at a point in his career uh, age 34, where it's a, you know what? I could walk away and be totally fine, but if not, 
show me the damn money. And I don't know if that's something that the Broncos would be able to do with Ben Jones uh, at this point with the moves they've made, but uh, we'll see. He still has not officially announced his retirement. Maybe he's trying to, you know, string along through training camp and stuff. Some positions I'm okay with that center is one where you do want the chemistry, the line checks and whatnot, knowing the system where I think having more reps is better uh, at that spot. So it does make me a little hesitant that the further we go along, the more likely the Broncos are, the less likely the Broncos are going to make a move that can move the needle, so to speak. No, I agree. And especially, you know, the, the chemistry is, is big. Uh, yeah. You know, Ben Jones would fit in with anybody, you know, so mm-hmm. that that would help, you know, and bringing in a guy with his, you know, phrase that we like to use around here, skins on the wall, would help. Um, but, you know, when you're, when you're as a unit for April, May, June, July, four months with these guys and, and uh, you know, you bond, then just making a big change is it, it can stir things up a little bit, but I think Ben Jones would be okay there. And like I said, as far as like learning the system, that type of thing, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me a bit. Um, one, these one guys, cause no, I absolutely agree with you, especially the center position. Yeah. And that's why I said with this guy in particular, he could be a plug and play type of guy especially considering the competition, uh, what it's shown so far in Denver. But, hey, maybe this is a year that things are much better for Lloyd Cushenberry. I mean, we kind of talked about it that it's pretty – when you have two guys that immediately upon contact are getting crumpled uh, into the pocket, into the quarterback's lap at uh, left guard and center, makes it pretty damn hard to have a solid pocket to step up into. And uh, maybe with Ben Powers next to him, who is an absolute unit of a blocker, you know, he can just sit down and he's not moving. Right. Uh, that uh, maybe that you can help a little bit with Lloyd Cushenberry um, and some of those issues there where, um, you know, just can minimize them some somewhat. So other names uh, Chad listed here talk about old and injured center who's been great, but probably, probably not going to play Rodney Hudson. Uh, was great. You know, three, four years ago, had some good career with the, uh, some good years with the uh, Raiders, some really good years with the chiefs as well, but uh, he is old and has been very injured. So I'd be surprised if he plays, but, I mean, even just adding somebody like that to the room, especially when you have a first-year offensive line coach, can have a good effect on the the locker room and the meeting rooms and whatnot. So I wouldn't be against it. Uh, the issue is it doesn't offer much versatility, positional versatility, which you want from a non-starter, but something to consider. And uh, then uh, Chad also mentions Pat Elfline, who uh, has struggled um, in the NFL uh, coming out of Ohio State, really hasn't found a spot, but he does offer some positional versatility. I think he's much more of a outside zone guy uh though overall than a power gap kind of guy and i think the the last thing i would say about ben jones circling back to your comment about you know show me the money on this is i don't want him to make a financial decision yeah. you know i don't i don't want him to be like okay well there's risks but wow i don't want to pass up eight million an eight million dollar payday mm-hmm. i want him to play because he's cleared he's healthy and he loves the game which i i know the last part is 100 true mm-hmm. um and that would be a reason for him to come. Now, <clears throat> the money's great. Don't get me wrong, um, but I don't. I don't want him to make a financial decision. I want him yeah. to make a a life decision, knowing that once you're done, you're done, and this could be my last chance. And I want to go one more time. That and and if he does, great. But I like I said, I don't want him to be paid. I made the same statement about Sean Payton and the money that you would have as owners. You don't want guys coming to the Denver Broncos for purely a financial reason. And they didn't break the bank for Sean Payton. They didn't. They, he got less than I was expecting to. Um, you know, I don't think he's the highest paid coach in the NFL. And if he is, it's not by much. 
So he didn't make purely a financial decision based on picking the Denver Broncos. He probably could have gotten similar money for somewhere else. He picked it because of the situation. Guys that are just getting a payday aren't motivated the same as guys that choose to be someplace where the money is not a factor. But what I've said, also said about the Broncos, what's nice is the money never has to be a factor. You can, yeah. you can pay a guy what you need to. It never has to be, oh, well, we, we'd like to get this guy, but we can't afford him. No, no. That's not that's not the case with the Denver Broncos. Yeah. And Cristiano asks, what's up with Ben Jones? Why is he available despite being the best center in free agency? And it's got to be concussions by his side or team side. It's probably column A, column B, uh, both. But the teams would bring him in. I think if I think it's probably more so him because if it was the teams, I think they would bring him in and then do the medical checks on him, and then it would be the red flags. Right. I haven't even heard about him. He's got coming time to in. sit back. If I if I'm his significant other or you know agent dad family member whoever somebody close to ben jones said dude there's no rush no sit out and think work out go fishing stay in shape mm -hmm. think about it you've got all summer you can join august 15th if you want to and i think that's what he's doing yeah without a doubt sorry i'm trying to mute um when i'm not talking i don't know if you can hear the little uh can't hear you but your, your sound goes in and out a little bit with the the internet problems you said that your provider has been having okay well that's annoying because the that's thought the video has been okay um but uh i digress keeping it moving here um the next one here from chad is defensive line um which would be my number one full disc uh full disclosure and he says uh, while signing zach allen checked one box on the surface it failed to be a net positive because it was a counteracted move by uh Draymond Jones going to Seattle. I like Allen's outlook on the defensive line, but this team needs one more veteran to hedge against the unforeseen obstacles. And uh, Chad says the ideal move is Shelby Harris, saying that to bring in back Shelby Harris would be a great move, could be a good rotational player for the Broncos, and somebody that is a position the Broncos could add. You know that we've been advocating for a defensive lineman for a bit. Shelby Harris would be fine with me in that role. I think he could either be your 3-4 starter, at uh, four I, or it could be a rotational guy. I mean, he's got some three technique abilities, got some one technique ability too. Uh, Chad didn't last list anybody else in that spot. I think Matt Ioannidis, if he's still out there is a, a possible option too, in that kind of mold. I also think that going from, was it 90 to 55, whatever the cut down is that you probably can find an interior defensive lineman. If your two 2022 draft picks in a was a okay. And Hennis Hennessing, I think I got it right. That's not Hennessy, but Hennessy is the safety you, or the uh, the center yes. you should trade for with the Falcons. Yes, uh, but uh, Matt Hennessing, um, Wisconsin uh, player. Uh, if either of those guys don't step up, uh, then the Broncos probably make a move then. But I think you're going to give those guys a little bit of rope and a little bit of room and reps just to see if they can take that next step. But what's a little bit scary, Nick, is right now Henningsen's listed as a number one. You know, if you if you look at if you look at our lads in a three four and a base three four. You've got Henningsen as a projected starter, as one of the as one of the three four defensive ends. That's that's not reassuring. Yeah, I think God bless our lads because they do a good job. But these are not official depth charts. No, based I on know. The team. But you look back behind them and you're like, okay, what else would you do? Well, I'd probably put Mike uh, Mike Purcell in at nose and slide DJ yes. Jones outside, and then Zach. But Allen after that, it starts getting thin, man. Thin. I, I mean, you know. That how I feel about the defensive line. We've spent almost every show talking about what you would you do for this team. It's been running back and defensive line uh, at this point. That was before the Javante Williams potentially uh, coming back news. But defensive line is for sure a huge concern for me. I mean, on the interior defensive line and edge, you need to have waves of bodies. You need to have essentially two lines 
of guys that you feel pretty comfortable with right now. And I don't even know if I feel super comfortable purely just on the first line uh, right now for the Broncos. So adding somebody else to that unit that can rotate in uh, and give you some fresh bodies and help you with injury as well. I mean, God, we don't look, you know, you're not hoping for injury, but right now let's say knock on wood, but let's say DJ Jones is out for six weeks. Holy bleep. Like we're going to get destroyed up front uh, because you don't have anybody that you trust right now. So I think that's a defensive line is for sure. My number one right now, but I will say Scott, and you know this as well. I'm a little biased. Defensive line is my favorite. It's an area that uh, I like to have very strong. Personally, I draft a defensive line in like the first three rounds every year, if I could um, just to keep those bodies fresh up there. Maybe it's because the college game and me, the teams that typically win championships are the ones that are just absolutely loaded on the defensive line. Uh, but uh, I think the Broncos defensive line is extremely concerning right now. And as uh, Leadhead says, Awazariki and Henningsen need to step up. Uh, those are the big guys. They have a golden opportunity here. Well, right now if they have to. Not they needed. have to. They have to. I think that you can find a competent body right. um, before without the season, changes, though. Obviously. Yes. Yeah, without, without change. But I, I agree with you. You know, you and I have watched uh, a team struggling with salary cap and limited resources scrape by. Uh, the the work we do with the Atlanta Falcons. And they were able to get some guys in there that could do a job off of practice squads, off of waiver wires. Now, a couple of those guys have now signed bigger contracts because they were good fines, mm-hmm. but they're out there. They are out there. Keith has a good question. Um, Shelby Harris was tradable. Yep, he was traded and then was cut. We need him back? That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, to me, it's a, it's a financial thing, Keith. He was on a three-year, $27 million deal. Was he worth $9 million? Or could I save six and take a $3 million dead cap hit if I'm the Seattle, um, almost called them Mariners. I'm in baseball mode. Seattle Seahawks. Um, then the money was worth more than Shelby. Now you bring Shelby back for $3 million, then yeah, then then, it, then it's a good deal. So it's, it's you only, if you're outperforming your contract, you're, you're safe. If you're not, you're not. Mm-hmm. And... On $9 million, no, you don't want him back. And that's what, or you don't want him at all. That's what the Seahawks decided. And on two and a half, three million dollars $3 yeah, he could he could help. He, he could help uh, with, with that without being a detriment to your cap. Yeah, uh, yeah. so defensive line is number one for me on this. This would be number one on this list. And it's a spot that they need to, unless the Wazirike or Henningsen step up, somebody needs to uh, be brought in in my opinion. And you could probably find somebody for relatively cheap one-year deal that can be a rotational player that would help you a lot. You know, there's always those types of guys out there, especially when you cut down from 90 to 55, 53. So I'm not super worried because I do think they will make a move if they have to. Uh, but right now, if they went in with what they do have, I think they I have would be extremely it. concerned. I think they have to. I'll yeah. be absolutely shocked if we don't have a Broncos sign 300 plus pound defensive lineman headline in the next six weeks, I will be shocked. Does that mean that you don't have much faith that Wazirike or Henningsen can step up in that role? Not as starters. No, yeah. I don't want Henningsen playing 50% of the snaps, 60% of the snaps. Either one of those guys as a number two would be okay with me. And again, if you then, if it, Purcell, I'm okay. But if he's playing 40% at nose, and then anytime you're in a passing situation, second long, third and long, and then you, you drop him out and you, you slide DJ inside, then okay. But at that point, Nick, I'd almost rather go to a four with two edges, you know, and just go light. If it's passing, I'd rather say Zach Allen and DJ in the middle. And then you've got bodies on the edge at defensive end if everybody's healthy. 
you know, who's going to step up and be that number one guy? Is it Randy Gregory? Can it be Baron Browning? But I'd almost rather go light in those situations, which the Broncos might be forced to do. I just, I think I will be absolutely flabbergasted, especially after when, I'm not sure when the, the cutdowns are usually end of August. So let me say September 1st, within the cutdown before week one, and that two weeks after cutdowns before the first game of the season, between now and then, I think you will probably see multiple 300 plus guy defensive lineman signed. Well, they make the team is different, but I think you're going to, you're going to have to bring in more competition. Yeah. Will be really interesting to follow there. Um, but that is one that again, I'm concerned about, but keeping an eye on Henningsen and uh, Owazarike. And we didn't even talk about Jonathan Harris, although I, there's probably you don't want reason. to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be too rough. And all Tim Durr comes in and says, I thought Purcell's contract was a little heavy for his production. He was okay last season for his contract. The issue is that he's had injuries, he's getting older, and he's not super versatile. So at this point, he was one that, you know, you could free, what was it, 3.5 million or something, 2.5 million if you moved on from him. But with as far as we are right now, I'd be pretty shocked if that uh, came to be. So Purcell's yeah, also Purcell's a good luck guy. You're happy to have him in. And uh, almost all of that is non-guaranteed. So if you yeah. wanted to sign to, to get 3.8, now – Again, I just mentioned you could probably sign a couple of those guys for a million one, 1.1. 1. 1. Am I better off signing three 1.1 guys on non-guaranteed contracts to come in and compete than I am having Mike Purcell? It's, that's that's not a bad question, Nick. That's something that they're going to have. George Payton is going to have to debate to see what the market looks like as well. Or maybe it's something right. where you approach Purcell, you give him an extra year on there, you spread out that cap hit a bit um, with no almost no guarantees on that 2024. I'm, I'll be curious to see what happens there, but he's a... Uh, he was pretty good last year. I think he was actually played that level last year, uh, but the, the year before and some injury stuff in his age, just it makes it questionable. Uh, Keith Brugman says, what about our international player, Hagi Chisholm Nidazubi? Uh, I can't even. And HCN, uh, 6'7", yeah. 323. He was an offensive tackle last year, you yeah. know, and, and then he's being brought in as a defensive lineman. I mean, if this was college, I'd say, great, let's give him five years and see what can happen. But that's not somebody I think you can count on to play meaningful snaps in 2023 for the Broncos. Yeah. Also the fact that they're that's looking at that, that is an offensive tackle body type because of leverage issues. I mean, when you're six, seven, it's pretty hard for you to play low. He's a lot of times those guys, especially that big I mean, Calais Campbell's uh, Richard Sherman's of the world are rare. Uh, Eric Armstead. Oh man. If you could have seen Eric Armstead play offensive tackle in high school. Yeah. He was our number one player. He was our number one player in the country. If he wanted to be an offensive tackle. Yeah. One of the best I've ever seen. And then he ends up defensive tackle. He's done well for himself. Yeah, uh, without a doubt. But. First round pick, made plenty of money, won some yeah. games. He could have been a Hall of Famer offensive tackle, man. But yeah. if you don't want it, you don't want it. And this is a tough game. Yeah. You, you got to love what you're doing. You can't just go out there and, and, and not put forth everything you've got, no matter how talented you are in this game, or you will wash out. Yep. Yeah, without a doubt. So uh, I think probably not uh, for him. That's an offensive tackle body type leverage. I just. At his age, I mean, some, anything can happen, I guess, but uh, I would need to see it uh, to believe it on him. Uh, the last one that Chad writes about here is uh, the three burning moves that Broncos need to make. He says cornerback, and he says you got to feel good about the Broncos' top three cornerbacks, Sertan, Kawan Williams, Demari Mathis, adding Riley Moss in the third year was a savvy get and could pay off big time uh, as soon as this year. But Williams' injury concerns, while Mathis is still unproven, entering year two, one more vet could stabilize the potentially tumultuous cornerback depth chart. And he says, bringing in Marcus Peters, turnover machine, but also a tumultuous personality, Marcus Peters, uh, across from uh, Patrick Sertan. And I got to say, I uh, 
Peters, if he came in for cheap for the Broncos would be good, but he's had some, he's, I mean, I don't know if you remember, he got, I think he was kicked out of the university of Washington. He's had some issues there and uh, he's uh, one that I don't think I would touch right now. I think the Broncos, it's probably the most, one of the most interesting positions on the defense for me this year, that cornerback battle on the outside. But I think I feel pretty good about whoever emerges from Riley Moss and Damari Mathis out there. Yeah. And I don't know if we got to say hi to Robbie red in case we miss you. We apologize. Thanks for coming in with the super chat, my friend. Um, big help to the show. Hope you're doing okay. So it's good morning from Vashon Island, Vashon Island. I don't know where that is. That is in this Puget Sound. We all our Western okay, Washingtonians cool. are showing out today. So uh, yeah, out nice. there in Vashon Everybody's Island. Everybody's up nice and early. We got lots of, yeah. lots of, lots of Broncos for us. Why we do Broncos for breakfast? We do it for y'all. Um, yeah, that's a uh, shout out to you, Robbie. Right, I didn't know you're out there. That's a beautiful ferry ride out to Vashon Island. I, I would just hedge saying cornerback by saying you can never have enough. Yeah. But I think your cornerback depth is as good as really anybody's in the NFL, to be honest with you. I mean, yeah, you can never have enough. But if I've got four I really like, who else can say that, man? You know, that's that's not easy to do. So, yes, you can never have enough corners. Yes, your your cornerback talent in your room is better than most in the NFL. That, that's That's not where I would look. Yeah. Yeah, me neither. Um, also, the Broncos brought in mostly for special teams, but I think you do at least have to mention uh, Tremont Smith from the Texans. Uh, that's a body out there. And then apparently at camp, um, Jaquan McMillan, who was an undrafted free agent last season, has been getting a little bit of buzz. And I, if you remember week 18, he was pretty impressive in that week 18 game. So I'm curious to see the one concern I have is the nickel spot. Uh, but apparently is saying Bassey, you know, he's okay in that role as well. Good tackler. You need some physicality of that nickel spot in today's game. Uh, so I think that uh, you don't need to make too many moves here unless you have an injury, but that's, you can say that about almost any position on here. So I disagree with Chad at the cornerback spot. I have no idea who's going to start on the boundary between Mathis and Moss and maybe McMillan as a dark horse, but I feel good that they're going to do well on that side. They're going to get picked on because Sertan's on the other side. It's just the nature of having a cornerback of Sertan's ability on one side. But with Christian Parker as a defensive back coach, the investment and the talent that they have there, I'm not too worried about it. Zach has a good point, too. He says, uh, I'd rather bring back Darby than Peters. And I, I think that's a good shout, too. Going back to the question shot. of Shelby Harris, do I want Darby back on $11 million? No. Would I take him back on four? Yeah, I would. Um, now, if I could have $5 million to spend on a player, and we're talking about burning needs, I, I don't have an, a player in, in mind, I'd rather go safety on this one, mm -hmm. Nick. I'd rather, I, I think... I still think safety is a bigger need than corner. If I've got four corners, I'm I'm in better shape than most. And again, I'm going to hedge up by saying you can never have enough corners, ever. Yeah. And you can play six corners on the field at one time. You can move some guys around and let Patrick Sertan freelance, turn him into a free safety for whatever package you happen to be in. But if I'm looking at a base 11, I don't trust Caden Stearns to this point because he hasn't earned it. Yeah. Um. Justin Simmons is Justin Simmons. That's fine. But after that, you're, you're looking at a rookie in jail Skinner and uh, an old man in Kareem Jackson. And I'm 15 years older than Kareem. So he, he's not that old. Um, yeah. But in football terms, he's, he's, he's pretty much at the end of his career. Um, I want a safety, Nick. I'd, I'd take, I'd want a safety before a corner. And this is me just being, who I am, I need to be true to myself here, but uh, talked about defensive line here. I think I'd maybe even rather have another edge rusher out there before, before I'd <laughs> even have another uh, safety out there. Because, I mean, I feel okay with Jackson, Stearns, P.J. Locke, Skinner, 
and Simmons. Just somebody's going to emerge and be okay there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we know the availability of Randy Gregory. Uh, Frank Clark is older. Jonathan Cooper, seventh round pick. If you lose, let's say you lose Gregory for half the season because when don't we lose Gregory for half the season? Uh, then you're like in real trouble. So I think I'd even go double down on that front. Uh, if I I, I'm just thinking realistically as far as money, money goes. Yeah. Like who would be available? Not not pie in the sky, but who would be available? Yeah. Ben Jones is available and affordable. Mm-hmm. A three or four million dollar safety is good money for a safety or for a fourth or fifth cornerback. It's not for an edge. Yeah. You know, so if I could, if I could buy out and, and, and we make a trade and I send a Jonathan Cooper and $5 million for a second round pick, I want to use it on an edge. So I agree with you there. I'm just trying to think of yeah. realistic moves that can be made based on the circumstances going to this to into the season. I don't think it's feasible to get an impact edge rusher. I think you can in the other positions that we've been talking about. I agree with you on that one. Uh, interior defensive line, number one for me still. Chad writes an honorable mention in here. I think we do at least have to mention it at running back. I think that's one that the Broncos can continue to slow play um, just as they have so far, just so we have the most updated uh, information on Javante Williams possible. And guess what? There's still a number of running backs out there that the Broncos, mm-hmm. they could they could even wait until week four this season and probably find somebody off the practice squad that could come in and fill a role. Uh Latavius Murray last year was probably a little bit of an aberration, but it's not just Latavius Murray. I mean, Broncos country probably remembers they brought up uh, Justin Forsett. They picked him off of a practice squad like late in his career, uh, late in the season, but that had been like 2014 or something. I mean, you can find running back. So running back is still out there as well. Uh, that's one that you still have Zeke is out there. Kareem Hunt's still out there. Leonard Fournette's still out there. Uh, there's another big time. Uh, Dalvin Cook is still out there, I think as well. So I think, I mean, you have, there are running backs available that you can kind of hold up on and uh, still wait and see how it plays out. Mike 5.56 comes. That's about my 40 time in a few <laughs> years ago. I don't think I could run a five, five, six now. Um, it's funny. This, the strength stays three year old, but the, the, the speed just goes the quick twitch. <laughs> McMillan gets no love for some reason. He looked great in his limited time. We have five cornerbacks. Um, and honestly, I don't remember watching him enough to, to leave an impact on my brain. Um, yeah. I remember K1 and, uh, and how much I loved watching him play. Simmons, obviously. Riley Moss, prospect, know plenty about him. And who am I forgetting on the other side? Damari Mathis. Damari Mathis, rookie. Thank you. Um, looked good. Looked really good. And he played a lot last year. So I'm, I'm, he's getting no love from us because I don't, I don't remember him playing. I don't remember seeing him enough last year. He looked really good in week 17 or 18. Really small sample size, but... I had heard that he was impressing in uh, training camp, but that only means so much. A year ago, if you recall, it was Michael Ojemudia who was really impressing in training camp, and that didn't go much of anywhere. So uh, keeping it going here, Gordon, Melvin Gordon's still out there? Yeah, you know what? I think both sides would pass on that one. Uh, Scott, final one I wanted to bring up here. We're at 50 minutes, and I said we'd go 45, but this is one that you, you were mentioning. What can they realistically do? What would make the biggest impact for me? I maybe, And again, this is just my nature more depth on the trenches and i, I would say in special t- teams yeah that's i mean <laughs> god everyone drink no i mean special a kicker teams. gotta get a kicker Dude. burning move yeah, wouldn't kick- that be a burning move Honestly, number yeah. one kicker yeah, move to the very top of this list because of elliot fry that, that ain't the guy i think i might still have interior defensive line number one um but then it would be <laughs> kicker just because again a defensive line is my favorite but the one I was going to add was an interior offensive line. You brought in Cam Fleming, but right now our lads, I mean, 
you can't feel good about a single one of these guys listed on the depth chart on the interior here. Uh, you have Quinn Bailey. I mean, he's he's played more tackle than interior, and he struggled. Luke Wattenberg, I mean, God, hide your children. Um, to, you know, cover your eyes. That play last year, the tape last year was horrible. Poor guy. I mean, just too small, and he's also old. I think he's already 25 years old. I don't know how much ceiling there is for him. And then Kyle Fuller uh, listed at right guard. Your interior offensive line depth is horrible. You're one injury away from abject disaster on that line. Now, Cam Fleming can play the guard spots if need be. Uh, but I don't feel good about the second string offensive line at all, specifically on the interior. You can probably find a guy relatively cheap there. Uh, after the, the Terminator, happened. Nick, Will Sherman. I mean, I, I think he was in American Pie. Yeah. So he must have filled out. He was pencil thin, skinny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, back then. Um, yeah. Terminator. Just offensive line in general. Cam, swing tackle. You're okay. You, you feel pretty good about tackle. Um, and honestly, I I don't mind... The depth there, you know, if Luke Wattenberg is your backup center, okay, uh, as a backup. Kyle Fuller as a backup, okay. Quinn Bailey, he's gotten some time. Backup Cam Fleming, okay. Yeah, that's not that's not bad for backups. The problem is, is I don't know if they're that much worse than a couple of guys ahead of them, specifically center. Yeah. Man, I don't know. I do not feel good about the interior depth. Not not a single one of those guys I'd feel comfortable with starting a single game. Uh, with where we're at from what I've seen from them. So I think adding, adding a vet in there that at least would have a little bit more stability. Somebody who's a swing center and guard uh, would be big for me uh, personally. But again, I've Wattenberg's tape was absolutely horrible last year. And now it's a new regime and a scheme that he was not drafted to play in. I mean, I I'd be shocked if he makes the team honest to God. That's, that's how t- terrible he was last season. So I think interior offensive line is still a big one for me. Tim says, I'm a poet and didn't know it. And you're absolutely right, because I didn't know what I said that rhymed. And, and he helped me out here with Fry Ain't the Guy. No, he, he's not. Fry, Fry, Fry Ain't the Guy. He's he's there for now. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, he he's not your kicker. So again, for burning moves, we want to talk about what is the most likely thing to happen. I think the most likely thing to happen is you bring in a number one kicker. That's number one on the list for $2.5 million, Nick. Yep. I put it number two behind interior defensive line, but oh, I'm just that's for what it. I want to happen. Yeah, yeah. And that's for what we, but as far as like predicting, you know, let, let's put down money on what's going to happen. What move are the Broncos going to make 100%? They're going to bring in more, more place kicking. Yeah. And I see some, there's some Matt Ariza talking here who uh, apparently was, his case was waived as far as his involvement for the, uh, that assault. Uh, but Broncos paid, pretty good money to bring in Riley Dixon and apparently he's been booming uh, in all of the uh, training camp and whatnot. So I'm not too worried about uh, 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 the puncher spot. I think Riley Dixon is going to be a big get for the Broncos and one that was picked by your West West off and uh, all your special teams guys. So I'm not too worried about uh, the puncher spot. I think you feel pretty good to have Riley Dixon here. Yeah. yeah uh, you know, our should get a chance somewhere. Um, Yep. I, I think he probably will. You'll hear him get a tryout, and and he sh- hopefully he'll get he'll get a chance in there. And Dylan asks, Scott is on Auburn shirt, or is it close as you get to repping Auburn? It works well for me because of the colors. Uh, it matches the Denver Broncos. Uh, it matches Auburn, but it's actually CFC Chelsea Football Club. So uh, I asked for this one when I saw it. I actually asked for a, a jacket too. I think when I saw it in these colors. So this is actually. Um, for fandom, this is about the only stuff I wear for fandom is uh, is Chelsea Football Club. 
I own, only own about 20 Hawkeye shirts that you probably see me wear on these shows constantly. I, I worked in recruiting for 15 years. I couldn't be seen publicly in an Auburn, in an, anything Auburn. So it kind of, and the Auburn fans were so awful to me about some some specific things. I'm like, to hell with y'all. So no, I, I don't mean all of y'all, but some of them were just just bad. And I've, I saw that covering it. It's like usually the second team in an area, their fans were always so hostile oh the only reason he's not ranked higher is because i'm like little man syndrome just stop yep i don't i gotta say i don't care i mean i root for me i don't root for alabama i don't root for auburn if i say julio jones is the number one wide receiver in the country by god i want him to be the number one wide receiver in the country i don't care where he goes yep yeah without a doubt i I got to say, being an Iowa fan, recruiting has never been much of a big follow uh, because they don't kill it in the uh, recruiting trails. I did see that Iowa in the last 20 years has had the most uh, three-star rated players drafted in the first round. So Iowa is very much a recruiting program. They find like these athletic quarterbacks from these tiny high schools somewhere and they're like, you know what? You're going to be a damn good linebacker. Chad Greenway, he was an option quarterback. ahead of them don't sign enough three-stars to... Yeah, qualify. <laughs> that's probably a big part of it too. But they do a good job of uh, developing and finding some guys out there. But uh, so no, they absolutely do. And part of that is, you know, you do these recruiting rankings. Oh, we'll, we'll last story and then we'll move on from this. Is you know, you guys say we can't beat this team because of the. No, I don't say that because development. Once you, once you, once they show up, they're all no stars. And I've always said a year of experience is worth a half a star in recruiting. And sorry for the recruiting talk, but you get BYU, and you're getting a top 300 player instead of a top 100 player. They go off to Mormon mission. They come back at 21 years old. They red shirt. And these guys are in the trenches as first year guys at 23 years old. Okay. You're going against grown men in the trenches. Meanwhile, you get a five-star guy who you'll be lucky to get three years. Tyron Smith was a perfect example for me. He was 255 pounds, 6'6", 255, a technician, outstanding prospect, but he was 255, put five stars next to his name. Number one offensive tackle. He didn't really play as a freshman, was okay as a sophomore, was all Pac-12 as a junior, and then he was gone. Yep. Then he was gone. So, and, and he ended up being the number one offensive lineman taken off the board by the Dallas Cowboys. In that Putting five stars draft. number one next to his name was the right evaluation. It was bang on, 100%. Couldn't get any more right. But USC didn't get the benefit of having the number one offensive lineman, but for maybe a few games at the end of his junior year. Meanwhile... The guys that Iowa are bringing in are redshirting and staying five years, and they're fourth and fifth year seniors, and they're going to go against eighteen year old five star kids and beating their butts in the trenches. That's how these teams that don't recruit as high can beat the other teams because you get again, it's a it's a grown man's game inside, and that's where it makes the most difference. The skill players, they're born. Yeah, an eighteen year old skill player is going to be as good at eighteen that he could be at twenty. That doesn't really yeah. matter. Also, some of those unbelievable defensive linemen. I mean, yeah, they do get are, bigger and stronger over time. Skill, but to me, those are skill different. players. <laughs> you know, those are yeah, those are those are big skill players. Those are athletes. Those guys are just born. Yeah, you build lines. Yeah, absolutely. Well, guys, that's gonna have to wrap on and up for us. Uh, appreciate everybody coming in here. Uh, make sure you're following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scott Kennedy. I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, make sure you're following us at 
B at BFB underscore pod, as well as at mile high huddle. If you haven't done so yet, join us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. And as the ticker says here underneath, please subscribe, like, and share shout out to everybody who came in today and uh, supported us with super chats. God bless you guys. I know that it's the dead season and you know, we really stretched our legs today with a lot of the topics, mm-hmm. but you know, shout out to our guy, uh, Robbie red out there in Vashon Island. Of course we had uh, Gary leads Palmer. Appreciate you, Gary. And Troy Bauer coming in over on YouTube. And then, of course, Facebook, Michael Ronquillo. Thank you so much. I don't, did I miss anybody there, Scott, on any of these supers? I, uh, I didn't write them down while I was doing this. I don't mm. think so. And it was Troy, Robbie Red, um, who I believe you you did say Robbie Red. See, yep. there I'm rhyming again. Um, Gary Palmer came in, Troy. And I thought there was one more that came in, but I don't remember. So either way, we'll, we'll make sure to give you a shout out uh, after the show. So follow us on Twitter on that to uh, to get a little love, to get a little, a little mm-hmm. shout out for everybody that helps us out like that, including yeah. all y'all who are hitting the like and the subscribes. That that helps a lot too. Yeah, do that on the way out. We appreciate you guys. Have a great weekend. Uh, hopefully you're not one of those people shooting off fireworks, you know, six days after the 4th at 3 a.m. But uh, just be safe, make smart decisions, and continue to choose kindness and compassion, as I like to say. And as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Morning, Broncos country. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.